been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whispers. Hey, welcome to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. You are there. I didn't call you today. I was hoping that you'd be there. Oh, <laughs> oh ye of little faith. Well, I was pretty sure that you... I heard you in the background. <laughs> I, dropped, I dropped my digital recorder in a puddle on the way here. Oh, beautiful. So you guys are finally getting some moisture. Uh, yeah, yeah I, that's part of the problem is I, I, I forgot what a puddle looks like. So and then and then the the first puddle to appear in in literally probably a year I dropped my digital recorder in but it's fine it's it's a, the case is a little bit uh, askew but uh, seems to be taking a licking and keeping on ticking so it's a good thing how are you Craig I'm I'm doing pretty good how are you uh, how's out there the, in the in the wet the, west the the air the arid we we are we are fast approaching the uh, the desert climate here I I think but there's a, there's talk there's rumor of uh, of a deluge coming tomorrow which means about two or three inches but but uh, we'll see <laughs> we'll see. You guys are what about three feet short of being out of a drought? <laughs> no, <laughs> much more than that. You know, up until up until yesterday, we only had about an inch and a half of rain. Inch, wow, inch and a half. I mean, it, it's it's grim. Uh, you know, we, Karen and I go up to Tomorrow Bay, which is about uh, three and a half, four hours north of where we live, um, just along the coast. And normally, this time of year in January, um, that's when we went. Uh, the the hills are green, bright green, very beautiful, and they graze cattle on these hills. They were not brown; they were gray. They were just dead gray, gray, and and the wow. ca- and the cattle were munching on on bales of hay, which means uh, higher meat prices. But it's it's bad; it's really really bad. So uh, pray- you guys are heading for the dust bowl out there. It, it uh, we, we, no, we've we've arrived. Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's it's <laughs> it's horrific. Uh, I'm going to be zero escaping the uh, front lawn any day now, so that'll be good. Uh, we'll rocks and cacti going in. I've I've, I've had it with this, but. Um, you, on the other hand, are experiencing your first uh, Midwestern winter in uh, what? Well, no, you, know, you were out there. Oh, you, ten you, years. You served. You served a, a parish out in in Missouri, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So you're you you're no stranger. East Coast also, this is you're no stranger. All, you to know the, what though? The rigors it's, of four four season climate. It's turning into the endless winter, though. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's amazing. I mean, the, we have not. Uh, you, you get a break. I, I think maybe we've had two or three breaks where it's gotten into the 60s and then uh, dipped right back down into the 20s and that sort of thing. So it, it's it, it, <laughs> yeah, it just it's warms <laughs> up. Everybody's in shorts, you know. Hey, it's 25 out. It's, uh, I read an article that says if you spend enough time in polar climates, uh, you you acclimate. The body acclimates, and and the, the 28 degrees feels downright balmy. You you, you almost want to go out there and swim. You know what I've noticed? It, it has a lot to do with the humidity and the wind. What humidity and wind? If it's if it's cold and dry with no wind and the sun shining, it's not that bad. Ah. If it's cold and humid, it starts getting to your bones. If it's cold and windy, it, it's just no good. Period. That's just all there is to it. So, <laughs> how about some? Uh, 
How about some uh, housekeeping here to kick us off? Housekeeping. The God Whispers hotline, which we haven't had a call in at least a month. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. That's the one. That could be why. But anyway, (laughs) the, the, the number is... Manly Doctors 13, Manly Durs 13, which is, uh, let's see here, 626-593-7713. And the other stuff, Bill? The mothership, godwhispers.org. I'm going to cease giving out .com. We waste too much time and redirect. Our, our, our time is valuable. Stewardship of time. So no what, more. What are, what are we losing in the redirect there? Like, uh, mm. uh Half a second. Five-tenths of a second. It's, something it's valuable. Yeah. It's, there's, you can accomplish a lot in five-tenths of a second, Craig. I, I'm, you can think mm-hmm. a thought. You can um, I think a thought. I don't know. But, but anyway, so God, <laughs> GodWhispers.org. Um, I'm finally caught up. I was two weeks behind. We had a, a two-for-one Wednesday uh, yesterday and, and put up our two episodes that uh, have recently been broadcast. So, so all caught up there. And, and if you want to uh, uh, engage us by email, one of our favorite forms of communication, you can uh, do so at godwhispers at gmail.com. Godwhispers at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, God Whispers the Page, Disturbing Yet Compelling. That's where all the latest and greatest God Whispers news comes. If you want to join the conversation on the lounge, not for the squeamish, but uh, we are there is the GW Lounge. Enter you can, at your own risk. Yeah, we, many, many, uh, many a weak conscience has been seared in that place. But uh, we assume only partial responsibility for what goes on there. But uh, it, it's it, it can be at times a lively conversation. Uh, most of the time, it's just silly. Uh, we are also occasionally on Twitter. I haven't been tweeting. Uh, I, I have to apologize for that. I, I have neglected our Twitter account and uh, need to need to kind of go back and. and I think I've tweeted personally maybe six times in my life. Yeah. and uh, somebody hijacked my someone hijacked my Twitter account. <laughs> oh no! So there's all this Cyrillic Russian. I don't know if it was leading people to a porn site or what, but people all of a sudden are emailing me. Oh. Twitter account's been hacked. Yeah. Like, the more accounts you have, the more likely you are to be hacked. And so um And I guess one, two, three, four, five is not a good password. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> that'll do it. That, that, see, it's stuff like that. You you had a you had a security break, as it were. Um speaking of, uh, we don't have much in the mailbag, but uh, why don't why don't we uh why don't we go and glance at the mailbag here? The God Whisperer's Mailbag, brought to you by Southern California Water Resource People. (laughs) Well, I didn't mean to do that. There you go. This is quality radio, folks. I meant to do that. I'm still learning my way around the iPad um, soundboard, which is a fine product. Uh, Really love it, but things happen sometimes that you don't expect, uh, which you're very familiar with. Uh, Mm -hmm. This you sent me, uh, this came from the GW Lounge. From the lounge. Uh, And then just to make sure that we got to it, I put it down on the, uh, I put it into the hopper. So this is actually something that came from me. (laughs) I'm writing myself on on, uh, 
uh, mailbag. But uh, this comes from Stephen. And he writes uh, with reference to the activist nun right. that uh, used wire cutters to break into the Oak Ridge nuclear facility uh, and, and uh, basically uh, protesting all things nuclear. Uh, he writes, hey, guys, I, I was listening to your show posted February 26 about the nun and the Y2 complex. I, I assume Y2 or Y12. Y12 must be some kind of like secret name for the Oak Ridge nuclear facility. First, this created no end of fuss in Oak Ridge at all the DOE, that's Department of Energy, facilities. I work at ORNL, which I assume stands for Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is right next door. The security company lost their contract. Bummer. It seems that they may have cut or disabled some of the security fence sensors because the guards got tired of going out because of a deer or turkey or squirrel had triggered the alarm. (laughs) That was part of the plan. They sent out the squirrels earlier. (laughs) A little St. Francis uh, activism going on there, uh, sending out deer and turkey and squirrels. I'm a little concerned, Craig, that our nuclear uh, arsenal is uh, basically uh, guarded by um, security fences that have had some of their triggers disabled or cut, uh, thereby allowing activist nuns into the facility. Anyway, why 12 produces and disposes of uranium for warheads? While ORNL actually does the nuclear reactor research, which is ongoing, and truth be told, making better progress than biofuels. <laughs> you think there's a little advocacy going on? There? Mm, perhaps. <laughs> All right. Further, if you want to have electric cars, you better have nuclear power plants to cover the peak load power that will hit the grid every evening when people get home and plug in. So there's your little plug for the nuclear power industry. Although it does underscore what we said last time that the facility very likely is actually beating swords into plowshares, mm. which is what the activist nuns wanted, but they were so engaged in their their um, their symbolic protest and, and activism that they seem to have overlooked that slight little detail. But so it goes. Release the squirrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when when like your nuclear arsenal it, it, and, and the security that surrounds it is compromised because of a deer, a turkey, or a squirrel. I'm, con- I'm concerned, Craig. I, 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 my faith in government is, like, eroded on a daily basis. And this is just, this is just one of those occasions. But Banana uh, Republic. That's what, what things are turning into. Pretty much. Here. Pretty yeah. much. Um, I, I think, actually, it's and, – and I don't have a song for this yet, but I, I think it's getting to be about time to uh, ask Craig questions. So oh. I'm, I'm going to uh, – <laughs> that's that's a good one. That, that that's a good one. Um, asking Craig questions. I had the questions. I just lost the questions. <laughs> I don't Can, have them handy. You either. don't have them in front of you. Oh, where are they? Where are they? Oh no. Oh no. Stand by. Hey, Craig. Fill in the time here while I find. <laughs> while I, find, I, find the, I lost the questions. Oh, I know how to. I know how to get them back. Now, Craig. I got to warn you. These may not be the questions that that I um, sent you. <laughs> Honestly, I've been so busy today. I haven't even looked at the questions that you sent me. So. Craig. Okay. So here we go. These are questions designed to to get the Christian to think. 
get the Christian to think or to recant his beliefs? Craig, uh, why are churches filled with riches when Jesus asked his followers to give their wealth away? That's a very good question. Oh, uh, should we have an answer for this? Yeah, you can't just say it's a very good question. The, the, only reason, <laughs> the only reason you say that is to, like, do some mental water treading. You know, you're buying time. You're bargaining. Oh. until you know, you know what I do in those circumstances? I always, I, I first say, I'm glad you asked that question. That's a very interesting question. And I'm going to answer it in three ways. Now, I, have, I don't even know what those three ways are, but I'm just, just biding time. <laughs> I'm biding time here. So This is when you go into the point A, point yeah. two, and point subset three or exactly. something Exactly. Like so, but why are churches filled with riches when Jesus uh, told his followers to give their wealth away? You know, that's a really good question, and it really is because I don't have a real good answer for it. I, you know, people want to give their wealth for use in worship, and that's part of it. You know, you want to have a chalice for use in the church. Does it need to be jewel-encrusted? No, it doesn't need to be jewel-encrusted. I personally would rather see the church not be terribly opulent, but a worshipful, nice space, and use that money for the glory of God in the care of those who are in need. I think that a lot of people get into, and we we talked about this earlier on an earlier program today, people get into worship of things in the church, buildings, stained glass, pews, uh, altars, uh, banners, you name it. People, they, they declare this to be the most sacred, holy thing here, and they guard it with their lives. Uh, but it has nothing to do with the cross. It has nothing to do with the atonement. So, should churches be opulent? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, I think there, there's, there's, there are many things. This is wrong at many levels here. First of all, um, I don't know about you, but I, I have not been associated with churches that were exactly filled with riches. I mean, most, most of the churches that I, I've, I've been associated with it have uh, difficulty paying the bills. Okay? Exactly. So, so filled with riches, yeah, I'll acknowledge that uh, some church institutions and even some congregations uh, can be a little grabby. But, but in general, that's, that's a pretty broad generalization. Second, um, Jesus didn't ask his followers to give their wealth away. He asked one guy to do that. Uh, that was the rich young ruler who came to him claiming he'd kept all the commandments since his youth. And Jesus goes for the one thing that he's lacking. And uh, the, the one thing he's lacking is to follow me. Uh, you know, he asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus told him, get rid of your stuff, follow me. And, and then he went away with a long face because he was rich. Um, there's no blanket command to give away your riches. Uh, the early Christians uh, practiced uh, some form of some kind of social communism sort of thing in Acts chapter 2, but that didn't last very long. But there's never been a, a, a blanket uh, call to poverty on the part of uh, Jesus' followers. Um, and I would add that when it comes to charity, if you look historically, I, I think the Christian church has done more for uh, charity, care for the poor, orphans, widowed, than uh, just about any, any other group uh, you know, identifiable group of people. So the, the the question is already kind of biased toward an answer that that I think the uh, questioner wants. But you know, I, I don't I, buy I've it. Never, I've never heard of like Philadelphia Atheist Hospital or uh, <laughs> yeah, well. you know the Children's Atheist Foundation or you know it, 
or an orf, you know an orphanage uh well the the uh I, I guess the communist state did really good with orphanages so yeah. <laughs> might might uh, argue there but th- this idea of riches I, I i think this is this is this is kind of uh poking at some obvious uh abuses it is true um that that sometimes congregations lose their way when they start focusing on property and buildings and 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 their bank account and everything else and have kind of lost their mission of making disciples i've seen that i i can see where that happens and i think that's something that one always has to keep in mind but um there there is no blanket uh command to be poor as a christian no there, there really isn't, isn't. But understanding stewardship is very important here also, because when we do that, we realize nothing really belongs to us. It's all God's, well, including ourselves. Jesus even commended to his disciples that they use worldly wealth, you know, in, in a way to, to, you know, make friends, he says. Uh, so, you know, you're supposed to put these things to use. Right. Uh, and and certainly not hoard them but but filled with riches is really kind of overstated. I got another one for you here. All right. We're coming we're coming toward Lent and of course one of the readings for Lent is the temptations of Christ. Um first Sunday in Lent is that well while in the desert Jesus rejected the temptations of the devil. Uh he didn't hmm. censor or kill the devil. So why are Christians so in favor of censoring many earthly temptations? <laughs> I like love what? I love that question. Um, hmm. Let's see. Like, that's a good question. Like what? Um, I, I guess <laughs> like, I like what I got to get into the mind of the questioner here. Let's say like, see, here's, like, here's... like having, having rampant free sex. Why, 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 why are Christians always the ones who are trying to pass laws, uh, to keep people from having fun, Craig? I don't know as they are. You, oh, here, come here's, on. Here's they're, the they're, they're, they're against the, drugs. They're against alcohol. The, they're the against, problem is there's a women's people, Christian temperance union. You know, today okay. it's mothers against drunk drivers. But say, you know, same thing. You know, come on. I mean, uh, we're, Paul, we're Paul the, we the killjoys of, of society. We we just watched a Ken Burns uh, um, documentary on Prohibition, three part documentary ah, on Netflix, yeah, yeah. and it's very important uh, to understand when Prohibition came about, it was the Methodists and the Baptists that were pushing this, oh, and they yeah, they actually okay. said in the thing Divide the Lutherans and, and the Episcopalians were the Protestants that were not in favor of this <laughs> Prohibition. As a matter of fact, the Lutherans were out making booze. Uh, so, yeah, well, okay. So, you know, if you want to corner us all in this, in this, you know, being a fundamentalist, wacko, rigid, no booze, no tobacco, no nothing, you, you can't corner all of Christendom in that corner. You, you just can't put us, we don't all fit in that mold. And so you're just simply looking at Christianity through a very narrow lens and the most critical one that you can find when you say these sorts of things. Mm. Again, so the, the the charge is painting with a broad brush. Yes. Hasty generalizations. Indeed. You obviously don't know Christians when you ask a question like that. Well, or the, you know the wrong ones, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not sure that even even the, the sort of the ones who are trying to quote unquote legislate morality. And let's face it, we always legislate morality. All legislation sure. is morality. It's civic morality at some level. But do are we really trying to censor temptation? I, I, I don't believe so. I, I think we're trying to restrict conduct. 
Now, laws, you, know, you can't censor. Temptation is an internal thing. It goes on in the heart. You can't, you can't pass laws to censor that. You can't take a, temptations come, Jesus says, but woe to, who, woe, woe to those through whom they come. Attention. <laughs> Uh-oh. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. Attention. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. What are you okay, going to talk about? I feel about? compelled to, to call out the home schooler alert. I'm taking my very life and my job in my hands by saying this. Uh-oh. I've always argued, and of course, the way things have played out, I've been wrong on this one. I've always <laughs> argued that as long as pornography can exist out there, I have freedom to speak my, my beliefs as a Christian. It, it kind of ensures that, you know, as long as you have the freedom of speech to be a pervert or whatever, I have the freedom <laughs> you of speech. You can say anything you want, too. <laughs> I have the freedom of speech to say Jesus Christ died for your perversion, right? Well, there you go. Yeah, well, but, you, it, but things aren't playing out this way anymore. It, it's, it, it's true. I, I, I agree. I'll go, I'll, go down, I'll go down on this one with you. <laughs> we're, we're, the ship's going down together. That, that we, we hate pornography, okay? Obviously, for for all kinds of reasons but but it's the it's kind of like the downside of free speech yeah that the minute you start putting the filters on free speech and and uh, indeed we do you you can't uh, proverbially you can't yell fire in a crowded theater unless there actually a good thing, unless no. there actually is one right. um but but we we basically put up with we tolerate speech we don't like in the interest of of keeping speech relatively free, that that's right. that, that's kind of the trade off, and that's how it is always in civic life. It's always a trade off, but sense, you cannot censor temptation. Temptation is something that occurs; it, it occurs in the heart, and and uh, you know, of course, it leads to sin, and we're bent on it. Uh, but but I think this is a misrepresentation of what Christians, some Christians at least, are trying to accomplish in society. They're not trying to censor temptation. Uh, they're, they're basically trying to put a limit, uh, do a little damage control, if you will. That's first use of the law, damage control. So why would I be against pornography besides the temptation to immorality? It exploits women. It well, exploits that, yeah. it exploits children. It it's 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 like a parasite. It, it it undermines marriage. It does all kinds of negative things. So yeah, I mean, as an activity, I'm not in favor of that. Uh, on the other hand, as you point out, if you want to completely remove that from our speech, then you're going to start restricting, you know. Speech in general, you're going to have to have speech police to determine what is acceptable, what's and, unacceptable. Speech. And unfortunately, that's where we're going right now is is the speech police. Hey, that kind of that's a th- this is a transition, a segue to what do you think of the Arizona veto? Uh, Jan Brewer, who I, I as I understand it is a Lutheran. Now I haven't fact checked that, and I understand she, she's know, supposedly even a a Lickmas Lutheran, an LCMS Lutheran. Well, good. Uh, and but but uh, she vetoed this bill, which, as I understand it, and I haven't read the bill, but but it would attempt to provide some protection for business owners so that they wouldn't violate their religious conscience and could, on that basis, uh, discriminate. Uh, in, with whom they do business is, is that was is that fair is that is that what what this was about? I, I had on uh, my evening program uh, Reformation Road Rage, as I like to call it, um, Rob Dodion, who was one of the attorneys on the case in New Mexico, who um, 
in New Mexico, the case was a photographer was approached by a gay couple saying, we'd like you to take pictures of our gay union because they don't have marriage, I guess. Uh, and the photographer said, I can't in good conscience play that game. I, I don't believe in, in your lifestyle, and, and I don't want so to he, be a part of this. He, he refused this this business. It's a fee for service um, right. on the basis of conscience. On, on the basis of conscience. Okay. And uh, and uh, unfortunately, what it seems happened was this photographer said too much, and uh, they took it all to court. And uh, basically, the court decided you do not have the right of conscience in this matter to refuse services to people who uh, based on their sexuality. Based on okay, so what is sexuality specifically then the thing? Uh, here's here's what I'm thinking. Okay, say you're a printer. Okay, so you print brochures. So the local atheist society wants you to pr- print a bunch of trifolds because they're going to go door to door at Easter time telling people don't waste your time with with this this Christian nonsense. Can you, as a Christian businessman, refuse that business? We're going to have to discuss that in the next segment. We'll be back right after that. By the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme, maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. If you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm um, once again Bill Swirla. You still are. I knew that. Continue to be. You're are... listening to the world famous God Whispers. When we left off, we were talking about this Arizona religious rights, yeah. gay rights. Whose rights? I don't know exactly whose rights. Right? It's tough. This is in... <laughs> okay, so so I, I pose this hypothetical. Okay, okay. you are a your, your business is printing, and right. and the local atheist society says that they're going door to door at Easter time, and they they want some trifold pamphlets to hand out debunking the res, the myth of the resurrection. Okay, mm-hmm. you're a Christian. Uh, can you refuse this business on on the grounds that it undermines it, it it's a violation of your conscience to to uh print that see this is one of the problems that we have is that the left is telling us one thing the right is telling us another thing but like you i haven't seen the bill and i don't know what all is involved with this of course our conservative friends are saying exactly what you're saying uh you're going to have um, Jews being forced to print stuff for the KKK. Yeah, that, that was my second example. So the local chapter, the Ku Klux Klan, is right. having a rally, and they want you to print signs. 
um, are you going? Are you are you compelled by law to do that because you can't discriminate against racists? <laughs> and well, and quite and quite to the point. I mean, the Ku Klux Klan is religious at some level, right? Right. I mean that that is that is that is um, that is religiously endorsed racism. So so now can can you can you discriminate against them? Well. Here's the problem: is the way that our politically our, our politi- like politically correct culture blah, 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 uh, is working is that you're going to be able to silence the Ku Klux Klan, you're going to be able to silence the Christian, and able to enable and and to give a voice to the downtrodden and oppressed homosexuals. Well, you know, I, this is this this harkens. That's how ba- this plays out. This harkens back to something that I recall Richard John Newhouse once saying many years ago. He says it takes a lot of political clout to become an oppressed minority. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, you know, this is this is what's happened is is that that um, the 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 gay lobby has piggybacked on the civil rights thing. Uh, to a great extent. So, for example, nobody would call into question a refusal of somebody to, say, um, do services or su- provide support services for the local KKK rally. Okay? I mean, everybody's, we'd, in fact, we would judge and look in horror upon one who did. Right? What What we end up with in this is the 5% has all the rights. Well, that, yeah, this this is what happens when when um, oppressed groups call the shots. Okay, right. R- rather than rather than having overarching principles, and I think the overarching principle here should be freedom to do business. Uh, if you refuse business to somebody for whatever reason, in fact, I I would just you're right. The guy said too much. Just shut up. My calendar right. doesn't permit it. Actually, as a I'm, woman, Elaine uh, Hoganen is her name. Uh huh. Um, and, and I have a different article here that talks about it. Uh, she said that she cannot take a portrait. She could take a portrait of a gay couple, but not participate in their same sex ceremony because it would violate her religious beliefs. I, I have to ask the question of that one. Is the photographer participating? Uh, I, I, but, but I'm going to ask a question before that. Who cares? Isn't the photographer free to photograph whomever she pleases are are we forced to provide services when we do business is this how it works now i okay. i know where this is going this let's, is let's, this is going back to the civil rights era right. where where you know if you were black you couldn't sit at this counter or you had to you had to go over there or you had to take those seats on the bus or something like that i know where that 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 that's where the argument's going but it seems like now everybody is hitching their wagon to that argument argument except us we should lutherans we, we we need to become we need to become an oppressed minority <laughs> we're already a scant minority let's get oppressed we need oppression here's the problem that i have yeah if you are an ethnic minority you walk into the room and people can see hey look there is an ethnic minority if you're a homosexual and you walk into the room, unless you're waving your your rainbow flag, how how are people? You know, they might say that guy's a little light in the loafers. Well, but well I don't know if he's gay. It's not an ethnicity. It's not a race. It's, no, it's 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 something. It's something we cooked up in the 19th century. 
you know, so, a, something a German psychologist cooked up, and that is it's it's an orientation or an identity. And and that's 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 tough because you have to tell me you right. you, you have to tell me this is your identity. See, um, I have to come in and make a big stink about it uh, uh, in order in order for you to know that that I'm that you're oppressing me. Let, let, let me give you a third example. So, uh, and this is one that you know my wife and I always talk about. We'd love to. Uh, uh, open a bed and breakfast in. You know, we, we love to cook. We you know, It'd be a lot of fun. And we, we enjoy staying at B&Bs, old houses, the whole deal. Um, so you own a B&B and, and you uh, refuse to uh, book a gay couple on their honeymoon. And and the reason, I think, is, is quite simple, is that uh, yeah, unlike, say, just a, a big hotel or something, at, at a B&B, the guests interact and so, so it would change. It totally changes the vibe of of the whole the whole room, and the whole experience. If you bring in a gay couple, and I mean, any gay couple's got to acknowledge this too. I mean, the room's <laughs> gonna change when 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 is oh, who are you? We just got married. Okay, this is this is kind of a buzzkill in some conversations. All right, so so now you're a proprietor of of a small B and B. You got five six rooms you're leasing out. You're gonna be forced. Forced to 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 uh, you know rent a, a room for a romantic weekend to a gay couple who just got married, and and thereby forcing everybody else uh, that that has booked the same to buy into buy into this. That is you know that they or or they just will cancel their reservations and and whatnot. So under underneath all this is where's the liberty? Where's the liberty to say? No, I'm just not going to do that. I'm. Don't we have a right to refuse service to any everybody? Uh, anybody? I mean, I see signs like that all the time. You go into a restaurant, no shirt, no shoes, no service. That's discriminating against the shirtless and the shoeless. <laughs> but they are not an oppressed class. Oh, the shirtless okay. And the shoeless. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if 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 I saw a sign somewhere. That said, uh, no straight white Christian males. Okay, I'd go somewhere else. Pretty much, <laughs> I couldn't care less. <laughs> but unfortunately, I that's got not money. The way, that's not the way that the world works. I'll give you. I'll give you an example right out of my recent history. Okay, which I believe was an act of discrimination. Um, I, I had just come from an evening service somewhere, and my wife and I. Uh, went to a local kind of gastro pub, very trendy place. I'm not going to name the name, the place, anything. It was just very trendy. You know, hipster, young, loud, very cool place, interesting food. Um, I'm in my collar, you know. My wife and I were mid-50s. And I'll tell you, you discriminate against us, you're discriminating against the wrong people because we pay money, okay? We got, <laughs> uh, we, you know, we're not in junior college here. Right. So, so anyway, but, but we're there. We just want to have a nice dinner. And uh, the, place is, the place is a bit full. I'm looking at four empty tables for two. We stood there for 20 minutes. Wouldn't seat us. Wouldn't seat us. Wouldn't seat us. Now, they didn't seat anybody ahead of us. I'll be fair. And apparently, they were a little short on help. But finally... Uh, we just set a time. I looked at my wife. I said, one more minute, we're out of here. And, uh, and, and, and we left. And, and I, as I walked by the front desk, I simply looked at her. And I said, too slow, just too slow. Went right across the street, got seated immediately. Now, if I was discriminated against, okay, because I was wearing a collar, 
I'm a pastor because I'm in my mid-50s, and this is a youthful hipster place, and so they don't want me. Do I care? Am I going to sue? No. I'm just not going back again. They're laws. I'm willing to guess I spend twice as much at my table as the people nursing a beer, you know, who are, uh, you know, between finals over at Fullerton Junior College or wherever it is. Oops, I just <laughs> said that nah, wasn't that. That's good. That's a makeup. Uh, make, that's, that's made up geography. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's yeah, economic. But, it's economic. Where's the freedom? Here's the thing: is you're not feeling as though nobody understands you. They don't have and, to. And under, nobody, I don't want to be understood. Nobody Craig. accepts you. I don't need to be accepted. And, and but. But I don't even like people all that you. much. <laughs> what, what's the deal? Plus, hey, look at it this way, Craig. Really, come on. If, if I'm a, a wedding photographer, if, if, if I'm getting married, okay, and I'm already married, so I, this is kind of purely hypothetical, but, but if, if I'm getting married and I'm hiring a photographer, do you think that I would hire a photographer that is kind of hostile to the whole business of marriage, right. let alone See, my getting married. What here, here's the thing is, is why would you want to hire someone who doesn't want to do the job? Right. And, and, that's, the, that's and this is what you're saying. And why this would is, you want to hire someone who doesn't want the job. This is the short slippery slope. And I've not one to invoke the slippery slope, but I've seen it. I know it. And it's, it's analogous to the Americans with Disabilities Act, where you get, you get opportunistic lawyers hiring people in wheelchairs to look for sinks that are too high. Regardless of whether they, they even want to patronize the business, they're just looking for noncompliance. And, and, that's, and that's what you can do. You're going to get people trolling for noncompliance here, you know, so you come, exactly. to, you come to churches and say, we want to get married. Fortunately, you know, in the Lutheran church, you know, we, we generally don't marry anybody off the street. You know, you have to be a member. You have to have some tie to the congregation. In fact, our congregation is passing a policy matter on that, that we do not do outside weddings, period, end of discussion. What? And this is going to force church, churches to tighten up on this kind of thing. Probably um, for the because good. Of this. Probably for well, the good. And then you have the other thing is that the church does have the First Amendment to hide behind this week. Uh, but the problem is you'll get some of these people to come in who have a big organization behind them. And they'll sue you even knowing that they're not going to win, but they'll shut down your church because they'll just deep pocket you to death. Or they'll shut down your business. You see, that, and that, that's the thing. Acceptance by force. You have to weed out every naysayer. You can't stop. You know, you cannot. Tolerance is one thing. I'm all for tolerance because tolerance presupposes disagreement. I tolerate that which I do not agree with. That is, I, I choose to leave it right. be. Even though I don't agree with it, like we're talking pornography, do not agree with it. Do not think it's good. It's Mm-mm. tolerated for the sake of free speech. Right. And, and so that's the, that's the cost of liberty. You have got to tolerate hearing things you don't like to hear, seeing things you don't like to see. So it goes. But, but if, if your goal is acceptance, if you want everybody to approve, then you have to go and weed out every naysayer. And, and, and silence them. And, See, and that's what's going to happen. That, that's the problem with this. Now, I think the law is ill-conceived because it uses religious conviction. And I don't think you should do that. I don't think you should invoke religious conviction when it comes to doing business. I think it's just a blanket freedom. You're free to discriminate. And you'll pay the price. You may go out of business. So it goes. 
you know, I kind of wonder what would have happened if this couple came in and they said, we're having our union. And the photographer says, well, I've never done one of those before. I don't think that I do a very good job at that because I've never done it before. I wonder if they would have just left. Probably. It you know it it all depends yeah that that's that that's a great point Craig uh, you know business is not necessarily the time to get preachy right just yeah and that's vocation what's what's your vocation you're a photographer you exchange photographic services for hire um, a couple wants you to videotape uh, make a sex tape for them are you going to do it <laughs> well you know no. this is one of those other things is. Are people going to be forced to do all sorts of these crazy things? And I, I don't think that the answer to most of these is yes, except if you're claiming that this person is discriminating against you because you're a homosexual. Yeah, well, and, and I think the mistake they probably made, I think there was a Kansas law like this and an Arizona law, is they use religious conviction. That's a two-edged sword, too. You know, newsflash, there are other religions in this country. Yes, you know I, I I've read of a a, a Muslim uh, uh, a school that wanted their property to basically it was in Pennsylvania they wanted their property to be under Islamic law, so in other words they occupied like an acre or something like that that acre was not under the laws of the United States of America it was under Islamic law so they're claiming their sovereignty in their little compound there on the basis of religious conviction. And, of course, the court said, nah-uh, <laughs> don't, we don't roll that way around here. And that, that's good. That's right. But I think you have to be careful, and I think this is a mistake of the legislatures, when you use religious conviction as sort of the basis for discrimination. I would rather just simply say, look, you are free in this country to transact with whomever you wish, and we're not going to protect you if your discrimination causes you to lose business. Simple as that. Once again, we run into a case where some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> it is. It's an endangered species thing. It's why the snail darter gets all the gets. You know what? It's not the snail darter. You know what it is? It's the panda. Um, the, I, I I heard a I heard a, I heard the a panda name. is the new snail darter. No no no. I heard a, I heard an ecologist from from Britain basically say it is an utter waste of money and resources to save the panda. It's doomed. Okay, its habitat is shot. And all it is, it's a zoo thing and a big moneymaker for the Chinese government. He says, if you want to preserve the environment, if you want to take care of the environment, there are a lot better places to funnel all that money. But you know why we, like, why we, we want to say pandas? Because they're cute. They're cute. They're doomed. They're a doomed species. They, they have failed to evolve. <laughs> well, that's where I was going with this. Is it goes along with the survival of the fittest? If you're a Darwinist out there, and and most of these these people who are zoologists probably are Darwinists for the most part. They need to die. They they aren't. They aren't. They they aren't taking care of themselves enough to continue on to become the next thing, whatever they're going to be. And so, for the sake of whatever's coming up after it, it needs to die. Now you know we're. I mean, we're we're in. We're really talking. We got to locate this conversation. This is temporal kingdom, right? Uh, civic realm. So yeah, it's always good. <laughs> you know, let's think catechism here. Okay, table of duties. Temporal kingdom, civic realm. Okay, there's not a lot of. Don't have a lot of chapter and verse to guide us here. Uh, what we're guarding though is liberty. 
Uh, for, yeah, it seems like every time we turn around, you got the government forcing you to do something. It's different when you're not forced to do something. You know, in other words, you can have all kinds of laws so long as you don't have to play along. Who cares? Right. But the minute you start getting these laws that force you to do something, you must provide abortion services. You must provide uh, birth control. You must do business with anybody who knocks on your door. Um, this is a severe restriction of liberty. I mean, this, this undercuts, I think, the, the basic principles of, of what we as a society have put together here. Now, I, I want to steer this conversation in a little bit of a different direction because you and I both know people who are homosexuals. We love them dearly. We want uh, in, nothing in, but in the, the best for in, them. In a, in a proper uh, way. Uh, <laughs> right, right. And, and, and we, uh, our love for them is as David to Jonathan. Well, it <laughs> well, maybe depends not. on how you define that one. But uh, No, I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it, I love that. It, it says in the Bible that, that David's love for Jonathan was greater than that uh, for any woman. I know, but, but the one the, thing the, the one thing that you cannot gay. no the one thing you cannot do with that is make it gay. You cannot do that. In, in fact, uh, you know, I can understand how two men can love one another in a way that's a lot simpler <laughs> than a love for a woman. <laughs> but the one thing it can involve is sex, because the minute that gets involved, everything gets complicated. Okay, so <laughs> it's just not well, happening. Let, let's put it under the category of philia, not eros. So we'll, we'll understand right. that uh, this is not an erotic love that David agape, and had. agape. Right. That's that's the most significant and eternal love is agape. Uh, eros okay. is eros is just a beast that. Needs to be tamed. That's all. It, now, now, and, and I want to go down this different path because we are not bashing homosexuals. We we want homosexuals to know the love of Christ, the redemption of the cross, uh, just as much as anyone else. We recognize that we are no more or less sinful than they are, and they are no more or less sinful than we are. And, and I just want to make that clear to people out there who are like, "Oh, no, more gay bashing kind of thing." That's and not true. And we are no more justified before God by our heterosexuality than they are by their homosexuality. Correct. I, I, I think, you know, you have this on the liberal side of, 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 of the church is that, that one is justified by one's gayness, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, you know, it's all, it's all corrupt by sin, no matter how you put it. As a footnote and file this, I, I want to talk about this business of heterosexuality, homosexuality. Great article in First Things basically writing against heterosexuality sexuality, but we'll save that for another time. Right, right. So anyway, this conversation will continue, I'm sure, in in the in the public and probably here on the God Whispers too. And it's it like you said, it's a matter of freedom. It's a matter of freedom for the church. It's a matter of freedom for individuals. It's just a matter of freedom here. Uh, to be able to step up and say, I don't agree with that, and I'm not going to participate. And, and really, everyone should have that freedom. Let me, let me shift realms or ordos to the temporal order of the church. And the church is in part a temporal order. It, it lives in this world. Regardless of the laws, the church will always be doing business. The church will always be preaching the word of God. 
uh, and and the prime and and the word of God that it primarily preaches is the gospel. <laughs> Remember, the law serves the gospel. Uh, the, the you know so our, our business is not the church's business is not saving marriage, uh, you know promoting uh, freedom of speech, whatever that is. Uh, we recognize freedom of speech is a good thing. Uh, for the promotion of the gospel, but it's not a necessary thing. The church has thrived quite nicely under totalitarian governments. This is true. In fact, it's stronger. It's like Stalin said. It's like a, a nail that the harder you drive it, the deeper it goes. You you cannot you cannot mm-hmm. get rid of this. So I don't panic in terms of the church. We need to be continuing to preach the law in service of the gospel. And 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 literally that you know not the redemption of society not the not the transformation of society not the rescuing of American values or whatever else but we need to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and we will do that whether it's legal or illegal because we ought to obey God rather than men that's just the way it goes. This is true. Hey, I want to shift gears into a whole different story here. Oh, that is the clutch in, or are we just? Are you ready? Nice. Okay, Hasidic Jews pay $7,000 for beard transplant therapy. Oh my Hasidic goodness. Jews in Brooklyn are repeatedly, are reportedly <laughs> rather, paying, paying thousands of dollars for facial hair transplants that allow them to have fuller beards. New York City plastic surgeons say observant Jewish men are among the prime markets for their for their procedure that runs up to $7,000. Quote, whether you're talking about the Brooklyn hipster or the advertising executive, the look is, definite, is definitely the one to have, uh, and it's good to have facial hair, says Dr. Jeffrey Epstein, a facial plastic surgeon who has performed the procedure for 12 years. Wow. Wow. $7,000, wow. folks. Wow. You can have a fuller beard. Hasidic Jews are, are the... <laughs> It comes from Sorry. Chesed, Chesed, the Chesedim. Chesed. Yes, the the the, the pious ones, or yeah, Chesed means means gracious or loving kindness, kind of thing. But um, they're they're kind of a they're a branch of Orthodox Judaism. Uh, yeah, see, I see them a lot around. Uh, you know, when when I go in the West Side uh, in L.A., because there there are a lot of uh, Orthodox and Hasidic Jews. Um, uh, known for the uh, the the black clothing, the hats, the 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 curls down the side. Uh, they kind of look like dreadlocks, but not really. And uh, but but they're paying upwards of seven grand for a beard trans or for beard enhancement. Oh, wait! It all ties together. Beard in, enhancement. In in the subtext here, Doc says hipsters. And transgender men also crave bushier looks. See, well, it all yeah, comes together well, uh, with the LGBT thing. You know, here. yeah, and and I would probably add there are probably some insecure Orthodox priests who could probably use a little bit more hair because you know you don't you have no street cred in Orthodoxy if you don't have this massive beard. This is true. So you know, I kind of worry. We there we we know some Lutherans who've uh, who've jumped the Bosphorus, uh, who really don't do well in the facial hair department. I think they're going to be they're going to be uh, oppressed and discriminated against. <laughs> I'm wondering how long this this trend is going to run with the big old shaggy beard because guys are getting a little crazy with this thing, especially in baseball. Ba- baseball has kind of gone over the over the top with it. Uh, it looks and, like and, a bunch of Amish guys. Yeah, out there yeah, yeah. In, in hockey, in, in hockey, they wait. For 
for the playoffs. It's a Stanley Cup playoff thing. But in in baseball, they go the whole season. Now, um, I've had a beard for I, I think about twenty three years now, and uh, I've never considered a transplant. Maybe I should. Well, maybe, maybe you could be a donor. Can we do a fundraiser? I want to I want to th- thicken up the sideburns just a little bit. Bill Swirla Beard Donor. A touch-up. The, 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 the Swirla Beard Fund. <laughs> We're out of time. We'll oh, catch you next time on God goodness. Whispers. Inquire no more, you feral beast. Hey, at least I'm housebroken. I find you a lack of faith.